joined us. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're rejoicing and glad in it together, and I'm glad that you're joining us this morning. If you're new to our online experience, welcome to Hope Church. I'm Jeff Bills. I'm lead pastor here at Hope, and I'm being joined by Heather Mandela, our pastor of family ministries. And uh, so in this uh, unique time, uh, Heather has... uh, Well, she's been on staff for 15 years, so she's had a lot of different hats on. Um, In this unique time, some things that she didn't expect to be doing, um, she gets to do. So as we get started, Heather, just real quick, uh, you're involved in our new prayer team ministry. What's going on there? Yeah, so this is super exciting, and I've really enjoyed having kind of an inside track on this. Our our prayer team has almost 180 people who are daily receiving different devotionals, and I have been blessed to work with Tom Boyle on creating the scriptures and the prayers and the devotions that go out daily. Um, it's such a cool thing to know that we are all focused around the same thing each day and, um, and to know that we have a place to be lifting up those concerns that are heavy on our hearts. Yeah, I love it. It's part of my morning uh, devotional as well. So if somebody were uh, not involved already and would like to be, what would they do? It's super easy. You can just email me. So email me, Heather, at meethope.org, and we can sign you up, or we can get your prayer requests listed on the prayer team's uh, list, and we'll, it's really easy to do. Great. Also, uh, you're involved in our Hope Outside initiative. So we've been this summer saying, even though we can't be together, we as a community of faith can be serving our neighborhoods, our towns, our areas. And uh, it's just been exciting to hear what's been going on. So uh, how about a quick update there? Uh, uh, there. This has been great. So we have... Um, had a great time watching how you are creatively blessing your communities. You're yeah. going to see some pictures in a moment, and um, these will give you some glimpses into the kinds of creative ways people have been blessing their communities. So we have, you know, random um, gifts for our delivery drivers or popsicles that show up on doorsteps. We have trash cans coming in, all kinds of great ways that we're able to show our community that we, um, that we love them and that Jesus loves them. And we also have a weekly challenge that occurs each and every week, and this past week it has been your local police department, and we're excited that um, upcoming we are starting this week with Urban Mission Fellowship, which is one of the great ministries here. So if you are ever wondering where we are with this, what's been happening recently, you can find all of the updates on meethope.org slash hopeoutside. So you'll find a weekly video that will show you the cool stuff that people have been doing, as well as our weekly challenge video, which will let you know who it is we're um, supporting this current week and how you can help specifically. That's great. And uh, so Marilyn and I had an opportunity. We had new neighbors moved in, so we got a, a little blueberry pound cake kind of thing and put a Hope Outside card with it and left it with our new neighbors. And uh, so neighbors, if you're watching this, <laughs> good to have you with us. It's a great, actually, this is kind of a great transition into our message this morning. We're in the midst of this series. Uh, wisdom, insights from the book of James. And so we've been going through the book of James and seeing what um, God's word has to say to us, wisdom that is timeless and uh, we can use now. And so this morning, the way that we would talk about this insight from James is this. It's not about what you have, It's about what you do with what you have. It's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. And so James here is really talking about um, what I would describe as the stuff of life. 
you know, uh, as Christ followers, we recognize that everything that we have is a gift from God, and we get to be stewards of that gift. We're not, we're not owners, we're stewards, we're caretakers of these gifts. And so um, God has given us many, many things, including things. So if you have a house, your house is a gift from God. If you have a car, if you have clothes, if you have jewelry, if you have a bank account, uh, if you have knickknacks, all of the stuff, all of these things um, are a gift from God. But it's not just about our things. Everything is a gift from God. And so our time, our talents, um, all of those kinds of resources, our plans are all a part of these gifts that God gives to us. And so James has something to teach us, and uh, so we're going to go through that this morning. We're starting um, uh, this morning from uh, James chapter 4. It's really the, the uh, final verses of James 4, 13 through 17. And uh, so this is what James wrote. Look here. You say, today or tomorrow... We're going to a certain town, and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It will be here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live or do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. <laughs> James is a guy who doesn't pull punches, you know? <laughs> James says things in a pretty direct way, and um, it almost sounds like what he's saying here is it's a sin to plan, but that's not what he's saying. Really what James is talking about here is when it comes to the stuff of life, when it comes to our time, when it comes to our planning, when it comes to our abilities, what we ought to say is, I'm going to do these things if it be God's will. Not that those are magic words and we have to say those exact words. It's really an attitude of the heart. What James is talking about here is pride versus humility. We touched on this last week, right? So pride is an attitude that says it's all about me. My agenda, my priorities, my goals, my talents, my time it's all me, it's all mine. And we're called to be a people of humility. When you have pride, when, it's, when you're uh, driven by pride, pride leads to ego. Ego, the best definition I've heard of ego <laughs> is edging God out. So as I'm acting in prideful ways, my ego gets bigger, and as my ego gets bigger, there's less room for God. And James is saying that that's the problem. We need to give up our pride and live into humility. Humility is about giving up my way, my agenda, my uh, goals and so forth for someone or something else. And for those of us who are Christ followers, that someone else is the Lord, that we're giving up our 
uh, plans and ideas and so forth, we're giving those over to the Lord. You know, long-term planning, I think, is um, or can be a really good thing. It's an important thing. It helps us set our priorities and our goals. It helps us to budget. Um, We do a fair amount of long-term planning around here because we have to. But one of the things that I've learned over the years is that we don't know what the future holds. And if you were ever unclear about that before, there's no way that we're missing that now, right? We don't know what the future holds. When we were planning for 2020, back in 2019, back we actually started planning 2020 a couple of years ago because we knew it was going to be our 30th anniversary year. And so we were making all kinds of plans back then. Nobody in that planning time, myself included, said, oh, by the way, let's remember, there'll be a pandemic, right? So we have to prepare, and, and we didn't know that. We don't know what the future holds. And so what we do is as we begin our planning, as we end our planning, we're saying, Lord, we don't know what the future holds. You do. And so we ask for your spirit to lead us, to guide us as we're making our plans. And Lord, at any point, if these plans need to change, we'll trust that you're in the midst of that and we'll make the changes, Lord, that you call on us to make. So we're doing that at the very beginning of planning. We do it at the end. And if the planning time is long enough, we do it throughout uh, the entire time that we're making out those plans because we recognize that God is in charge. We didn't know, for example, that we would not be uh, having worship Uh, together physically, that we would be doing it online. But as the uh, health crisis grew and we uh, recognized that we couldn't safely be gathered here, we said, all right, we're going to go online. And we're going to use our time and our talents, our gifts, our planning to try to do this the best we possibly can because God is in this. We believe that God is in this time right now. So this isn't wasted time. This isn't time that we're just on hold. God is using this time right now. And as we're faithfully trying to trust him in this and plan around it, God is using this as well. And so it's not about what we have. It's not about our plans. It's not about our abilities. It's not what we have, but what we do with what we have that counts. And so we're trying to do the best things that we can. Of course. And I think that um, it's impossible to talk about the things that we have without acknowledging finances. I mean, that is a huge part of um, our culture and, uh, and what we have to place value on in a lot of cases. Um, but James has some very serious things to say about finances. And um, it's really tempting for myself, at least, and probably for others, to hear what James has to say, to think, oh, this isn't, he's not talking to me. He's talking to rich. I'm not rich, you know. And so I want to hit pause on that for a second. I want to encourage all of us to recognize that the things he's talking about here are matters of the heart. It's about our relationship with money and our relationship with God. And so they do apply to all of us, whether, whether you are living paycheck to paycheck, or you have a booming portfolio, or you keep your money in a shoebox under the bed. Um, Regardless, these words are true for all of us um, because they are reflections on how we value and and trust God and and how we value money. So so with that in mind, let's take a look at James's words in in James chapter 5. 
Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Ouch. Those are some really hard words. And I want to say, I don't believe that any of these rich people James is talking about here started out with this intention. I don't think they got up in the morning wanting to be tyrannical monsters. I think that they got up like everybody else going about their day, trying to provide for their families, for themselves, and just making their way through life. But somehow, slowly, a change occurred. Their heart shifted. Suddenly, money became vitally important. It became what defined them, how they defined their worth in the world and probably before God. was how much they had. And we see that it became so important, they no longer cared about anyone around them. They were hoarding. They were valuing only what mattered to them. They were stealing and keeping wages from people. They were being dishonest in their dealings to make an extra buck for themselves. The Bible tells us that money is the root, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is an example of that. When the love of money has become the most important thing, then we are willing to compromise on so many other things. And so this really becomes a question of where our heart is. Where are we putting our trust? We ask the question or, or we pose the, the statement that it doesn't matter what you have, it matters what you do with what you have. And the reality is that do part, what we do, is driven and determined by what is in our heart, what matters to us, what our priorities are. And so if our priorities are to make more money, then we are going to be quite happy doing anything we have to. But if our heart, our values, is on pleasing God, then the things we do will be God-honoring. You know, all of this discussion reminds me of a story in both uh, Matthew and Mark of the rich young ruler. Yeah, it's a great story. And um, it, it, I love the, the story, actually. I love the question that this young man asks. So, uh, we hear about this. He's young, he's rich, he's uh, got a, a position of authority, and he runs up to Jesus and he asks this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What 
a great question <laughs> to ask Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And if nothing else, it shows something about this guy's heart. He's interested in the things of God. He's interested in things that will last and not just things that are temporal. And so he asked the question, and Jesus, you know, reminds him of the commandments. And uh, this young guy says, I-, I know the commandments, and I have kept every one my whole life. Maybe. Um, but <laughs> Jesus sees his heart, and he doesn't leave it at that. Jesus yeah, kind of gets right to it. Right into it. He yeah. sees him, and he cuts through all of the nonsense, and he says, then you need to go home. And you need to sell everything that you have, and you need to give it to the poor. And his whole demeanor changes. And we're told that he walks away sad. Because somewhere along the line, the rich man believed that it was his wealth and his possessions which would dictate the type of life he would lead. A life that was abundant and a life that was filled with joy. And so when Jesus asks him to sell it and give it away can't imagine parting with that. And he goes away sad. But what I think is so interesting here is the fact that he has not given up his wealth. He still has his wealth. And yet, he's still sad. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this, uh, it's this kind of idea of uh, holding on to the things, thinking it's the things that bring us joy when really it's just the opposite. You know, it's not like Jesus was saying to this young guy, hey, I want you to Um, leave your joyful, wonderful, uh, fulfilling life and take on a life of misery. Jesus was saying, the stuff that you have, your possessions have taken possession of you. Let that go and embrace the things that are eternal. Jesus told uh, all of us that he came that we might have life and life abundant. He didn't come that we might have a miserable life, but that we might have a life of true abundance and uh, in the things that are eternal. And uh, so he's saying to this, to this young ruler, it's, it's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. Imagine the blessings that could have come if he had followed what Jesus asked him to do and sold his stuff and gave it to uh, those in need and followed Jesus. What an adventure-filled, joy-filled life uh, awaited him in that time. You know, as we're going through this time here at Hope, We're having the joy uh, of seeing and hearing stories of folks who are blessing others, who are saying, you know what, it's not about what I have, but what I do with what I have um, in all of the stuff of their life. And so as Heather and I were uh, talking about this message and that idea, um, some stories came to mind of of what's going on right now here at Hope. So one of the first uh, stories I would share with you is about a couple who, um, because of the pandemic, were unable to take the vacation that they had been planning. And so they called me and said, you know, our vacation's off, obviously, and um, so what we've decided we want to do is we want to take the money that we were going to spend on our vacation, and we want to give that to Hope, because we want that to be a blessing to others. What a great example, right, of it's not what you have, but what you, what you do with what you have that it counts. It really is, you know, and there was another young family who was um, opening their own business, and as anybody who's opened a business knows, there's a lot of upfront work 
before you actually start to reap the benefits of that. And yeah. so couple that with a pandemic and it can be a little intimidating. And so um, this family had been given some uh, a, a financial gift to kind of help offset that time period. And um, rather than, than take that and use it to help offset, they instead decided they were going to take that money and use it to bless others. Mm. What an amazing gift. Yeah, I love that. So it's not, again, it's not just about money. Um, there was a woman who as a part of our community of faith. Uh, at the very beginning of 2020, she was diagnosed with uh, cancer, a fairly aggressive kind of cancer. She had gone in for surgery uh, to remove a tumor. Uh, she was in a long-term uh, rehab facility when the pandemic hit, and she literally became a prisoner there. People could not come and visit her. Uh, because they were concerned about bringing the virus into that facility. She couldn't leave um, and, and be able to come back, and so she was just stuck there. And uh, her, her condition got worse and worse, and finally they put her on hospice care. One of the families here that knew her contacted her and said, we want you to come and stay in our home. We'll arrange to have hospice working here. We'll set up our house in a way that will work for you. And uh, so they very quickly uh, were make, made those arrangements, moved her into their home where she spent her last days surrounded by people who loved her um, in their home. What a great what Blessing. a use of their resources, their yeah. time, their heart, their gift of hospitality. Yeah. I, their home. I'm so humbled by that. It just amazes me. Um, I, I also am really, I get an inside glimpse at, um, at the hearts of the people on the prayer team as well. And so, you know, I will regularly receive emails from people who will say, you know, I, I don't know how, but that was exactly for me. Like today's email, that, that was me. Um, um, or someone who is able to say, gosh, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed in praying for this and for my children or for a family member, and I just need people to come alongside me and to watch this gift of time that people give daily to come together and support each other and pray for each other. It's amazing, and it's such a blessing. Absolutely. So uh, one last one. I've been talking uh, throughout this pandemic about the food pantry uh, because it's become such an important part of our ministry. And I've shared with you how back in uh, the beginning of this year, we were serving 50 families and were stretched to do that. I just got a report that um, the month of July, our food pantry served 266 families, well over 1,100 people. And that happens only because of the generosity of this community of faith that you are giving financially, that every day people drop by food, uh, bags of food here, that you're volunteering to help fill those bags on Tuesdays and uh, bring them out to people's cars on Wednesdays. All of that is happening because of the generosity of folks like you. So it's not about what we have. It's about what we do with what we have. Everything that we have, James tells us, is a gift from God. And our attitude should be that of humility. It's not about this is mine. It's about this is a gift that God has given me. And I want to find ways that I can bless others with it. Hey, let's pray together and then we'll throw it over to the band to close us out. Let's pray. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the stuff of life. 
Thank you for the things that we have. Thank you for the people that we have. Thank you for the time that we have. Thank you for the talents and gifts that we have. Lord, it is our deepest desire to use it all to honor you and to bless others. So Lord, as we go through this new week, make us mindful of the fact that you've given us so much But it's not about what we have. It's about what you ask us, call us to do with what we have that counts. Help us to make it count for your kingdom. I pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.